You were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You were not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and Inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Uh, this is a, a very exciting moment because we finally have the whole band back together. All uh-huh. four of us are here. Say, say some Yay! sort of salutary yeah. welcoming. Nice Woo! to be back. <laughs> it's great to be back. I'm, I'm, except I'm, I wish Luke wasn't here. You, I think you used that joke last time. Who's joking? You should you just tell that joke here. every time. <laughs> yeah. That's well, the that's best. Fair I suppose it doesn't count if it's not a joke. Greetings, everybody. I disagree. I think Luke really brings a nice, a nice yeah, touch yeah. to this whole experience. What do you think, Chad? Sensitive. Do you, do I, no, like I think he. Bra- I think without huh? Luke, we're just kind of three boring Americans. But with Luke, it's like all of a sudden, you know, suddenly like, yeah. there's a boring British guy too. <laughs> I like that. All of a sudden, it's you know, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah but he's like left. The, he left the he left the EU. So that's Luke. Yeah. Say, Luke, what? Luke, say something pithy and diplomatic. What What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I just got to figure that's what the British do well. Yeah. Hey, we're hey, busy. Luke, we're busy you... with Brexit. Okay. Yeah, busy right. just getting. Hey, Luke, are you drinking a, a glass of tea with a with a crumpet? A glass of tea. All right, the David's <laughs> cultural awareness is is at a high level. All right, so let's focus this uh, conversation. So what we are doing today is we are reacting uh, to these sort of mini articles that we've been posting on our social media, uh, and the the heart behind these is is to start conversations to get you guys to interact with us. Um, and then the ones that seem to drum up the most conversation, we then want to come back and, and insert our perspective uh, and our voice on that. Uh, so we'll be doing those some of that today. Uh, so the one I want to focus on today is is a post that we did on worship. And honestly, I think in this podcast, we've we've probably only just touched the surface of of how much could be discussed in the in the realm of worship because I think it's. It's obviously critical. It's obviously part of what we're called to do. Um, but I think there are a lot of things that, that need to be looked at and addressed. Uh, and so, you know, all sorts of articles are coming out all the time. Um, but there's an article uh, that was written called, Is, Ev- Is Evangelical Worship Heading for a Crash? Uh, and our post in response to that was this. We, we wrote, have we become too focused on performance in worship and lost sight of Jesus? Is the whole Christian worship scene headed for a crash? If so, what needs to change to avoid this? So what I would love to do is to get your response. You know, Luke, Chad, David, what do you guys think about this this concept, this question? Well, I've always been uh, amazed how worship can be even be described as an industry or anything like that, uh, when the whole the whole point is to be in the presence of God and to worship God, to bring to exalt Him, and I, I've wondered how worship has gotten to the point where it's described as an industry. Or, I mean, I can remember one time we were in London, and uh, I, w- I was speaking there, and there was this band playing, and they had really all the they were very professional, had extremely uh, good equipment, and they played, and you felt nothing. It was just like. Uh, a performance, and then my I had a friend who had just come to Jesus. He had ju- he ke- just came out of the the anarchy scene in Poland. He gets up on the stage with an old beat up acoustic guitar and uh, a micro just a you know just had his guitar mic'd in his his voice, 
And he just sang the song, Jesus will never let me down. And the Holy Spirit fell on the place and people are on their knees weeping and crying. And and so the contrast to me was so so obvious. I mean, here is a guy who was up there crying out to God and just worshiping Jesus, and the Holy Spirit fell, mm. and you had this other slick worship band with, with uh, all the latest equipment and very technically good and everything, but there was no power in it, and I think that's the problem we see today. Yeah, I mean... Any other thoughts? It, I mean, it's challenging. Like, I, th- I totally agree with David, and I think the article um, that we posted down on the Come and Live um, Facebook page in general, I agreed with it as well. Like it's, it's a danger. There's, there's a challenge out there. Um, but it's difficult to know what to do because we do tend nowadays, at least in Western world church to have a ton of things at our disposal that we can, or we could use, or we could not use. And so I agree with David, like the heart of it is what matters the most. And and I'd say the relationship with Jesus that we have as we worship him is what matters the most. But there's still that question. Well, do we use all the equipment we could use? Do we make it as big as we can? Um, and because that's how some some churches have gone down that line or some worship groups have said, let's do the best we can as we worship God. Let's use the most creativity, right. the most high tech, high quality stuff that we can. Um, let's make it big and grand. And so I think that is a challenging question. Um, and I don't know if I could say, you know, because there's been people who have gone to the other extreme of saying, just strip it down. Worship needs to be just acapella or you know whatever so right. i guess what's the answer you know what 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 uh do we do it or not if our if our relationship's right with jesus and we and our heart is in the worship right. do we use this stuff or don't we is a good question yeah but my point was not my point was not that they had good equipment mm-hmm. or they were technically really good it was their heart yeah i think i think we should worship jesus should be able to worship jesus with the best technically good music with special effects i've if anything i'd like to see more things in worship besides just music yeah you know i'd like to see more visual stuff and and right and dance and in a in a really high level way but the point is not that to me the point because i've seen guys get on stage uh with just uh old acoustic guitars and it's terrible you know there's no presence (laughs) of god there so it's not about that it's about the heart and about the the whole kind of commercialization of the whole thing you know writing writing songs so that you can write have a a worship album you know to me it's it's that's what's what's uh, destroying the holy spirit in our worship i think yeah what do you think chad yeah i mean that's pretty much exactly what i was gonna say and then david stole the words right out of my mouth <laughs> sorry <David>. man <laughs> but but you know i think that that what what we're probably all saying is it is that it seems that there's a real possibility and uh and an error and a threat and a um colossal mistake if worship ends up following culture rather than following spirit and and i think that that's what what's hard to discern sometimes you know like it's not uh it is possible for the for the Holy Spirit to move on a on a massive scale where there's thousands and thousands of people and, and where God's presence is really being sought after and, and he's being lifted up. And yet it, it does seem to be so much about what what are our motives and, you know, what drives us and why are we doing this and why are we up there and, and are we doing this because we're actually in love or are we doing this now because it's a paycheck and because it's a, it's a, a guarantee and because it's kind of like, well, you know, if we were to stop doing this now, we'd have to go back to like 
selling you know pizza or, or I don't know whatever whatever we not were that doing there's before. Anything wrong with that. No, no, there's not. It's a bad analogy. <laughs> selling pizza is incredible, but uh, <laughs> continue uh, on, right? <laughs> sellers of the pizza. <laughs> right? um, but I think it's just you know how do we how do worship artists, yeah, especially when they begin hitting a higher level of everyone's like, oh, you know, we, we love you guys. You're so amazing. This is so incredible. We, we felt God's spirit when, when we were worshiping with you. And so, you know, there, there can tend to be that sort of Christian hero right. kind of uh, idolization thing rather right. than just, hey, these are just normal everyday people. Well, that And that that's kind of what the guy hits on. He calls it performance-ism and that the major problem is that it feels like it's become a performance and not yeah. facilitating worship. You know, he, well, that's he, because that's what it right. is. Right, and he describes it that the worship leader is the performer, the con- congregation is the audience, the sanctuary is the concert hall. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that that's probably at the heart of it. And, and I think one of the problems, honestly, is the expectations that we have for worship leaders. That's part of it, is that we, I think, and yeah. again, this, of course, is a generalization, but I feel like, we have such a low bar expectation of what it means to lead worship. You know, it's like if you look the part and if you can replicate to a decent degree the latest cool sounds, you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's like if you, would, if you would put that to the context of a speaker, I mean, think about that. It's like should not the, the highest criteria be that you are you have an amazing, you know, of course, you don't want to judge that from person to person, but a very strong relationship with the Lord. Yeah. You you are desperate to hear his voice and you you so desire to want to lead others into his presence and, and you want to hear from him. And even the way you do it is guided by that desire. Exactly. Lord, what yeah. would I don't want anything to get in the way of leading people into your presence. So maybe a lot of, you know, and that includes being good. I don't want to mm. be not put time into my craft and and be lame if that's going to be an impediment to people being led into your spirit but but again it's the heart right it's yeah. it's that we we that is the primary motivation and and again it's because it's become about the experience yeah. and and i think if if churches would say we're going to go after the heart and 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 of course, hopefully they, you know, well, not hopefully, but hope they can do the job as well. That would be good. But sometimes I feel like it's like, can they do the job? Great. Do they have the heart? Okay. That's optional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like just thinking of a couple of passages in the Bible in relation to this and like the one to me that speaks the most about how worship needs to be something that's in the spirit, like Chad was saying, and um, is that right. one in John uh, 23 where uh, Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman by the well, and she says, you know, you guys worship in Jerusalem, and we worship in the mountain, and, um, you know, that's the difference between us. And Jesus then says to her, well, there'll come a day when um, we'll worship in spirit and in truth, and those are the kind of worshipers that God is is looking for. And he challenges the woman, he says, you worship who you don't know. And it seems like that's the heart of what he's saying. He's saying the worshiper that God is looking for is the the one that knows him and that seeks him and whose heart is right before him and is worshiping in truth and in spirit and so i i really i feel like that's the theme here it's it's that's what we're looking for but then also just speaking to that challenge of what do we do with all the things that at our disposal i, I think uh, we could also look to the bible like in exodus where they're building um the place where god would be the holy of holies and it's the place of worship and there's like three chapters dedicated to God describing in detail the grandiose artistic 
production that was going to go into creating this space where people would meet to worship him. Like there's woodwork and and material work and metal and gold work, and they're bringing in professionals and they're making it powerful and grand and artistic. And so I see in the Bible, you know, those two sides where it's, yes, use everything you have. Yes, use creativity, art, make it big, make it grand, bring everyone together, make a party of it. But uh, what really matters to God is where our hearts are at and whether we know him and are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And I feel like that's, I agree with the guy, that's what we're losing in in the performance thing. It's turned towards us. It's become egocentric. It's, It's too many elements in the worship today that seem to bring focus to the art or the music itself or the actual upfront, you know, front man or woman. Right. Um, and that's, I think, where we're going wrong. That Those are the mistakes we're making. Yeah, and, and I think we've boxed it up too much. And I, I think it's just, and maybe this isn't a right or wrong thing, but quite frankly, I think it's sad how little creativity there is in the sense of, I don't want to go all over the world and hear the same five hill songs, hill song songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I want... I feel like there should be this amazing diverse thing. It it shouldn't be so homogenous. And yeah. but really you look at this and I feel like even on looking on Facebook at a lot of the conversations that were happening, a lot of it is based on form, you know, oh, you know, you shouldn't be using this technique or even in his article it's like keep the lights up, stop talking so yeah. much, get your yeah. face off the screen. And a lot of that I agree with, but all of it is still secondary to the heart. I I think that like you said, I think if our hearts were in the right place, then it it should be this amazing display of creativity. Exactly, and I, I actually like worshiping or you know be with the lights down because it takes my pre- my eyes off the people around me. So, I mean, it reminds me of when I was on this plane and this uh, the guy was asking me you know what I did and I said, well, I'm in a band and we do this stuff and he goes, oh, oh well, I don't do that and I go. Well, why not? And he goes, well, because I I'm we're you know we really follow the Bible. I said, "Oh, how's that?" He said, "Well, we 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 sing songs a cappella because," <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, only the songs." <laughs> yeah, really, really. And I said, "Where?" I said, "Where does it say you can be on an airplane in the Bible?" Yeah, and then he didn't want to talk to me. He didn't want to talk. It was like to the me time that, that the guy came yeah. up to me after after a concert, <laughs> and he, uh, what was that? He said. There was there was a guy that came up to me after the concert and he, and he was saying that oh I you know I'm not into that because you guys use like riffs and in, in your music that's oh, like yeah, from riffs. the devil yeah and then I, I he was wearing a red shirt and I said well are, don't you know that you're wearing Satan's colors <laughs> <laughs> wow I don't I know if we maybe I should edit that black. out <laughs> I thought black well, I, was red yeah. I don't know yeah but I, and so riffs, it depends on the riff right depends on I don't know yeah, yeah, but he I was tired. <laughs> But the thing is, back to the to the topic, I was tired, and that wasn't that, best of me anyway. Part part of what I also see in worship music today is that because it's done for commercial reasons and performance, there's it's so passionless. You know, it seems so often so one dimensional, and mm-hmm. and it's really hard. I mean, um, sometimes even for me, like I I can remember I was getting ready to play in this really tough and tough place, and I needed some worship music to give me courage to go there. And I, I was, so I went on, you know, I tried to find some stuff and it was also, I, I felt it anyway, for me, it just felt so, so power, so like passionless. So I ended up listening to the Foo Fighters instead to, <laughs> yeah, to prepare totally. me to go, you know, so I don't know, that's probably not right. Well, but I, I think that that's also a result of the whole 
it's just so so yeah you know passionless and then also i don't like how a lot of worship music is like you know talks about jesus like he's my girlfriend or something and i i you know i jesus is not you know i don't relate to him that way i relate to him as my as a king and as a but my, again, right. But again, you know, all of this. But that's a different subject, and no, I apologize. For no, it isn't a different <laughs> subject. The point is good. The, I don't. Again, I don't think any of us want to just. This is kind of a rant, negative session on all the things we don't like. But I, the, it's the heart is is the is the key in all of this. We keep coming back to that. Is that if if the 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 band, if the worship leader has this just desperate relationship with God, and you know, instead of again, we say this with our you know our non worship focused artists. You know, how are the prayer lives of our worship teams? You know, not just indi- corporately, but individually. And, and like, what are they, you know, what would happen if, if instead that, you know, you have your one rudimentary band practice on Thursday night and then you come together and you throw it all together at the last minute and you get in your, your band circle and you have your quick prayer time. You know, I, I feel like if it was, you know what, let's spend 90% of the time praying and seeking God and 10% of the time working on the music Man, I just feel like that would revolutionize everything. God's power would fall on that. And then then I think God would is all for different kinds of forums and do exactly. you use acoustic or do you do use light. Yeah, it's not whatever. about it's that. And also sharing no, something real point. personal, like making it authentic and genuinely yours. That's one point I feel like I disagree from that article yeah. was I think David was touching on this as well. The commercialization of it or the make everybody singing the same stuff. And I think he was saying in the article, you know, sing songs that everybody knows. And I get that in that you want to include people in the worship, but I don't get this thing of repeating, you know, what's the main thing that everybody's singing now? Let's all sing that. I mean, you can't apply that to speaking, Ben. Like you made that comparison as well. If, yeah, if exactly. I was a speaker and is like, so what, what's he like? Oh, well, he, he repeats all of, I don't know, Piper's messages or something. And so it just wouldn't make sense. In, right. in worship, I love it when I come across a group or a church where there is local expression, where they're singing songs that they've written that relates to their their relationship, their story, their relationship with God, and they're worshiping Him for things that they've personally gone through, and they're singing their own songs. Um, I mean, like the, right. the church we go to in, in Sao Paulo, Projeto 242 has a guy there, Daniel Passamini, and he, he writes his own songs, and I, I love that, because I can see yeah. he's seeking God, and then he's writing about, he's, just, he's worshiping God from, from, from where he's coming from, and the right. music is his. And I think that having that diversity is also part of, um, it being genuine well, and from the heart and not just something you're repeating from somebody else. And right. It, and it's, an, of course, it's anchored in who God is. It's anchored in in scripture, you know, and, and a lot of criticism you hear is how just kind of shallow and, and even poor theology is in worship today. I, again, I think that's a little bit of a reflection of, you know, you can't give what you don't have. Exactly. Honestly, is part of it. I think part of it is also that, the, the corruption of the industry, that it's a very, very viable way to make money now. Yeah. And so it's no longer becoming, how Lord, what do you want me to say to, to this country or to this specifically this congregation? It's now, man, what, how, you know, that's, that's a very viable route for me to, to, to support my family, you know, and which again, there's nothing wrong with supporting your family, but it's, that shouldn't be the central yeah, driving but that can't, force. That shouldn't be the aim of, of worship. It should no. not be so I can have some kind of commercial result from it that that corrupts it from the right. beginning when you have that motivation well, it, it, so the same thing if i get up if i get up and, and preach and i'm thinking okay i'm going to write a i'm going to put a sermon together that i'm going to be able to sell 
online or something. I mean, right away, the Holy Spirit is not going to be able to use me. Yeah. Even if the message is good. Yeah. What were you going to say, Chad? Well, no, it's the point you guys are making is really interesting um, because worship music, which I, maybe we've talked about this uh, one, one other time on the podcast, I can't remember, but worship music is the only um, commercial, artistic, creative uh, space that I'm aware of where it's actually in where, where, um, not only collaborating is encouraged, which is great. You know, Hey, let's go let, if you're a worship artist, you come to Nashville to record your, your record, but, but way before you would have come here to record your record, you would have come here to have sat down with other worship writers in, in, you would have maybe sat down in a space and, and wrote a song together. And, and that's great. But oftentimes what happens is the band, like what Luke's talking about, has written a really cool song like good, good father, for example, or you could name literally hundreds of songs that have come out of a, a specific um, city, a specific church, a specific body. And, and then instead of, you know, instead of you hearing, Oh man, I, I, I hear this new version of that song or, or multiple versions of this song on the radio or wherever else, um, it, it's not that you're hearing the original rendition of that song. You're now hearing what what is the most likely a, a much more known artist who's covering the song. It's it's just interesting that it, it's an industry that actually encourage or encourages that process of, oh, Luke, you wrote a really cool sermon. And hey, man, I'm actually going to deliver that. But I will pay you. I'm going to pay you something for what you said because <laughs> yep. you wrote it. But I'm actually going to deliver it because I'm, you know, man, I'm actually a bit of a better speaker. And I, I've actually come a little further along. So, but man, you really got yep. a, a, an anointing. It, it's it's like, mm. I don't, I just don't get it. It's so, it's always yeah, right. irked me how that, it, it just seems like it does take the the creativity and the originality and the, hey, who let's discover this this artist or the, or these these people or this family that's really creating amazing worship um, like Bethel and, and just oh let's just hear Bethel on the radio instead of all the people that are now covering them it's just it's just a funny thing I, you know whether yeah, it's right it, or wrong I don't know for sure but it's it's odd but I also think if we would if if we if I would not even look at commercial things if I would not if I would just as much as I can, say, Jesus, I want to have your heart. I want to have a pure heart. I don't, I want to, give me your heart. Let me write music that brings people into your presence. Let me, let me express your heart towards us in my music and not care about commercialism. I think God would trust you with more. And I, I think of a guy I know that he was, uh, he put together this really powerful uh, kind of theatrical production that was, he it was seeing all kinds of people come to Jesus through it. I mean, it was really a big deal all over the world. Mm. And then he started wanting to take control of it, and he wanted to he wanted to charge people to use it, and he started to commercialize it. And as far as I know, that artist never came up with another creative idea again. And mm. it's because he held on to it. And I think if we would give it away and not think about the money and just give it away, give it away, I think Jesus would pour his spirit on us more and more and more. And we would see, we would see unbelievable things happen. 
in worship, not right. in, you know, in every area of art. Mm. It's, you know, it's it, it, one of the things that our, our post said is, you know, what's, what can we do to avoid this crash? And to me, not to patronize anyone or trivialize the topic, but it's just, isn't it so obvious? I mean, we, if we're called to lead worship, it should be primarily and first and foremost about our relationship with God and wanting to lead people into worship. And any any time it becomes anything else, it's going to become corrupted. I mean, that's it's as simple as that. And this is, you know, people want to make straw man arguments. You know, it's, oh, it's about... Who cares about the quality or, oh, you should care about the quality. None of that is what we're saying. No. This isn't about, do you use lights? Do you not use lights? This isn't about the style or the, even the talent, in my opinion, um, though you could make some cases for, you know, at least the Old Testament referencing excellence and, you know, musicians weren't even allowed to perform publicly till 30 in the temple, you know, and all this kind of thing. And I do think you've got to be a good steward of your gift, but it's about the heart. And, and and we need a Christian worship, I don't want to call it industry, because that's the problem. A Christian yep. worship scene, or whatever you want to call it, needs to have a revival internally. Exactly. It needs to be the next young kid who's called by God to lead people into his presence needs to not look at a, at a commercial model and say, that's who I could be. Instead, he needs to be radically inspired to make seeking God desperately his primary goal and, and, and love a more than anything, the idea that God may use him to draw people closer to, to himself. And that's how we're going to avoid it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the, the industry needs to crash because the very word industry makes me think it should crash. Crash. <laughs> yeah. You know, so maybe that's good. So, you know, again, I didn't, I didn't specifically um, mention any of the comments on Facebook. That's not for not wanting to bring you guys into the conversation, but it more or less covered what we've been talking about, which is, you know, I think we're all, there's a lot of frustration. Um, this isn't about being critical or condemning, but I think we all realize that that there needs to be a, an awakening. There needs to be a revival. And, and as things are headed, I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like, but but it's it's losing power. And I think it's because we're, we're no longer, our hearts are no longer in the right place. And, and so I think that's what we need to see happen. And that's our, our prayer. So Chad, how about, can you pray for this, I know it sounds funny on a podcast, but can you pray that God would bring this? Yeah, and I, I was just, while you were speaking, Ben, reminded of a, of a festival that my friend um, used to host called Heaven Fest. And, uh, and, uh, and it drew thousands and thousands of people into the Denver area um, every year. And, and they would do this thing, I think they would call it, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was called a worship riot or something. They basically end the festival where uh, they just get all these different artists, all all the a bunch of the headliners and a bunch of the 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 higher level uh, artists that were at the festival would come together and just do like a worship thing, but they would drop kind of like what David was saying. They would just drop this black screen down so you could see like silhouette. It was lit so you could see silhouettes on stage, but you had no idea who was who. And uh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was pretty amazing because it because it did just kind of it was if nothing else, it was a reminder that hey, it's not about us yeah. or anybody on stage. It's about Jesus and uh, yeah. and us going after him. So Jesus, please help us 
to, um, to go after you with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our souls, and with all of our strength. And yes, um, keep us from distractions along the way, Lord. Keep us from judgmental hearts towards others or, or condemning hearts. But Lord, help us to, to um, encourage one another, to stir up one another, and, um, and just to keep moving towards love. Uh, we pray, God, that you would move uh, in, a, in a revival kind of massive sense within the, the the music industry, the worship world, all of these different places, mega churches, all of this stuff, Lord, that, that revival would happen. And uh, whatever that looks like, God, that, that there would be a pure, unadulterated expression of your heart yes, toward us and our, our heart um, directed back toward you. So thank you, Jesus. We love you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, that is... Uh... This uh, particular podcast on this whole topic of worship, again, I think we've just scratched the surface, um, but we'd love to hear your comments uh, and, and anything that you feel like we didn't cover or you'd like to add. So provoke and inspire at commonlive.com or, of course, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, you can comment um, on all of our social media. Uh, otherwise, again, we hope this was encouraging uh, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming it provoked and inspired just a little bit as well. So we will talk to you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.